The following program is an abridged audio version of the streaming video talk show, A Wonderful Chaos. The hosts are Andy Chaliff and Bambos Dimitriou. The format is entirely casual, unscripted conversation. If you'd like to watch a live taping or participate with your comments in real time, subscribe to A Wonderful Chaos on YouTube, Facebook, Periscope, or Twitch. The screen is a representation of the world. So screens have been here forever, right? So the side of barns, farmers used to paint uh, Virginia hams, $5, stop here. You'd see it. If you talk to the, the great researchers at MIT on, on how you perceive the world visually, it's perceived in screens. You'd see the foreground, the midground, and the background. Filmmakers understand that. You don't see the whole world at the same time or it would drive you crazy. You see it in screens. Screens are everywhere. Televisions, barn doors, the cover of a book. Screens are everywhere. You're looking at foreground, midground, background and learning all the time. It's a wonderful chaos. Solo or tandem. We work to find rest. We fight to find peace. And the atheist pray? It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. It's a wonderful chaos, and we like it that way. Isn't it interesting how having a phone in your hand and like interacting with another person has become so common? What? <laughs> I mean, on one level, you have to think it's kind of an insult to the other, because if this thing is as or or more interesting than you, then then why am I distracting myself from? Do you know what I love? Our doing? contact. When, What's that? When I go out with friends, <laughs> oh. when, when pre-COVID times, yes. and we'd have dinner, and I'd see some people on the phone, we'd run, put the phones on the table, we'd pile them up in the middle, and then it would be like whoever touches their phone. Uh huh pays <laughs> if you do it in cyprus everyone wants to touch their phone because everyone wants to pay to oh, show is that right show gratitude in, in holland though it doesn't work like that and we're gonna be doing <laughs> a show with kevin i was she- gonna do, go right into our intro shehan kevin sheehan I, I would say sheehan would be the correct pronunciation of this one sheehan. kevin sheehan uh you know, he sent me his uh resume and <laughs> and like i looked at this damn thing and i'm like Jesus, how do you do all that in a lifetime? You know, I'm just underlying the names of the people and things. I mean, what I loved, and he put this tag this on as the end, as if this wasn't, is that he created this thing called Hear Music Record Label, which has produced music classics by legendary artists like Yo-Yo Ma and the Rolling Stones, Joni Mitchell, Ray Charles, Tony Bennett, Diane Krall, Ray Charles, and a lot more. So even that alone is like, I can just spend an hour discussing that, even though that's not our topic. But we're going to discuss with Kevin. He feels very, very strongly that screens are not a bad thing. And what are we going to discuss that on? And we're going to discuss why he believes you should stay on your screens for an exceptionally long time. Where? On a wonderful chaos. I spoke to Kevin a few months, I think months ago, because we booked so far in advance. And uh, and he was a mutual uh, friend of Chris Garrell. We've yeah. done three shows with Chris. 
we did the show Dark Night of the Soul, which we love, but nobody else does because who wants to listen about the Dark Night of the Soul? If you're emotional intelligence, we did emotional intelligence as TEDx as TEDx video that did so well, and ten steps on how to avoid a divorce. <laughs> yes, he wrote a book on how to make sure you make your wife happy, and uh, we had a whole show on that. So Chris introduced the two of us, and I think and before we got on, I shared a story is that I forgot that Chris introduced the two of us, and I had a really nice talk with Kevin. And then I immediately called Chris up and say, Chris, you got to meet this guy. I just met Kevin. <laughs> and then Chris looks at me and says, Andy, I was the one that introduced you. <laughs> so that was uh, my introduction. And you guys got to imagine that we're pretty booked until when now? Until April. Until April. Yes. And that's a lot of people that Andy speaks to and brings yeah. on. So, yeah. It's easy to forget. You, you forget who recommends who. Yeah. And and then um, – but. When Kevin, when Kevin spoke and I said, what, what's the topic? And he said, yeah, I really, I have a strong belief that being on your screen for extended time is actually a good thing, not Did a bad thing. Did you actually thing. use the word belief? Uh, I don't know if he said believe. We'll talk about that. He certainly wanted to, he wanted to argue that it was a good thing, that there were, that there are better things in it that people have been given, than they've been given any credit for. I mean, if you think about it, who wants to defend that point right now? You know, every, every we, before we went on, we discussed the music artists nowadays that are saying, hey, uh, put your phone down while you're at the concert, right? Or, or, yeah. or comedians. Uh, and, and I mean, and he, like I, I mentioned the one thing, but at, like the caveat at the end of his resume. Yeah. But I mean, at the moment, he's also the chief executive officer of this thing called Leader Jam, where basically he just finds really great talent and he showcases what they do through giving online courses he breaks it into curriculum and he lets them create an online presence wow. a lot of people are doing it but he you know he's done a lot of this in the past and he's 30 years been building companies in retail internet nonprofits and and just education and so on so and and i mean he's also got other beautiful stuff like he was named uh uh harvard entrepreneur of the year um and uh you know he went to Harvard Business School, which is always a big deal. So I don't know how Andy, else to build him up. I but. come from a village. Put it down. <laughs> you know, it's interesting because when you look at a resume of an individual, the humor is is that in in some weird way we create story, right? Yeah. And then and then we <laughs> use that story, and then we create a persona out of the person, right? But on one level, it's absurd. But on the other level, it's a requirement of people say, "Why would I want to listen to this guy?" Exactly, and. It kind of reminds me a little bit on online dating. Like some women, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some women actually give a kind of resume. Uh, and like halfway, I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Could you imagine? Like, like, in fact, I just realized now it doesn't work in his interest because now we expect so much from him that if he doesn't deliver, we're like, hold on. How did he really get that Harvard thing? Yeah. I mean, come on. Should we bring him on? Yes, we're bringing Kevin on. Yes, Mr. Kevin Sheehan. Hello. Nice to see you both. And just to manage expectations, this is going to be really bad. Okay. <laughs> Let's get started. So my first question is, yeah. what is the context when, 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 when I look at this title, please stay on your screens? What, and the, what is the context that we're looking at from? Yeah, sure. So let me just talk broadly. And this is off what Andy said. I, I think Facebook has changed the world in fantastic ways. I think Zoom has changed the world in fantastic ways. Most of the press yeah. and the conversation is around the problems. And there are definitely issues, uh, i.e. kids 
need to learn to moderate screen time. If you raise mm-hmm. children, you know, the, the, ever since the advent of the iPhone, it's clear that uh, anxiety and OCD, it's like an OCD machine. <clears throat> so we have to integrate and moderate. But screens and digital experience is a fantastic way to manage your, your life. Yeah. yeah, instead of going to the bank this morning to do a transaction wiring money, I did it over the internet. Now that sounds simple, but it saved me an hour and a half. In the days where we used to stand in line, you mean? Yeah, big time. And uh, and and uh, you know, I love seeing the clerks and their friends of mine at my bank. But go there when you need to. Be on screens when you don't, and that makes for a successful life. Yeah. Like when I hear you speak, I had to think about when COVID came. I kind my my brain was looking at it as the same kind of uh intense event in history like World War II. Mm. Only difference is we could stay connected, right? Through Zoom and social media. Like I could WhatsApp with my mother every week and see her. She learned how to WhatsApp. What misery this would be if we didn't have this connection. I mean you know, you would feel so isolated. And and now people globally are, are working together, being together. And in fact, there's this giant avalanche of positive outcomes, which is typical of a crisis. So here are the positive outcomes. You don't have to drive in and out of work two hours a day. And most yeah. employers are saying, don't come back except half the time. Yeah. So and you don't have to deal with the stress of driving into the city with the whole city doing the same thing. You can spend time in a fluid way with friends and experts and people in ways that you've never done before. You think of your day very differently. I can have four meetings in the morning, whereas if I used to have a meeting in Boston, I'd spend half the day going to Boston, getting the parking, finding my car, coming back, blah, 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 exhausted, now do my afternoon. Yeah. All the the pollution that's been reduced, so many fantastic things. So enjoy that part of the connectivity without being a slave to it. Hmm. You know, the technology should serve you. You don't serve the screen, right? Yeah. How is it? I mean, there was that, I forget the name of the documentary now that came out from Netflix about, yeah. you remember, what was the name of that documentary? You remember? The social, the social something. Is, the social dilemma, maybe it was called. The social dilemma about how, how they're, you know, managing you to into basically tribes that that dislike all the other tribes. Yeah. It's an issue. It's part of the algorithm, right? But so what? Change the algorithm. I mean, just keep going. Yeah. But if there's an issue, don't stop. Get it. Yeah. But I mean, would you you would agree that basically we've created silos where we just validate the things we want to believe and I mean in the U.S. especially, anyone, you know, I'm laughing because I'm looking at my kind of my feed and, you know, there's like the people that would be more Trump supporters and the people that would be more Biden or Democratic or liberal. And and, and I mean, there is really a divide. Like, you know, if you want to be in the middle, then it's hard to keep friends on both sides because because someone needs you to validate their reality. Great. So let's together help Facebook. And this is free to these guys. They don't have to hire the three of us as consultants drop in bubbles that say, hey, did you know that 40% of the world believes something else? And here it is. Yeah. Right? I mean, or or 
let's have your tribe argue the other side for an hour. I'd love to hear you discuss the power of the other position. Can you do that for us? I was going to say that would be that would be a revelation way beyond uh, Facebook. It would be how does one individual move beyond their belief system, which is its own uh, challenge that I don't know how Facebook can help there. They, they've just they've taken a predisposition, I believe, of the individual and just amplified it by making it easier for people to live in a silo. That's right. That There's a Frenchman named De Bono who created a six hat theory. The six hat theory says when you're in a group you don't agree systematically with three people because the marketing guys don't see eye to eye with the accounting gals. And so the, the theory is share their viewpoint and work with them. The yeah. key to it, Andy, is live interaction. Leader Jam, our, our, our platform, mm. focuses on live interaction between experts and their audiences because when you're talking to somebody, you can't be one-dimensional. You have to consider yeah. As long as you're being civil and flexible and a good guy, you got to participate. And it's participating that creates good flow and good uh, learning. A friend of mine years ago had a company that was a disaster and half the company wasn't talking to the other and they were at war. And we were sitting together and he said something great. He goes, I said, how did you fix it? He said, politics Fixing politics is getting everyone to the table for lunch and talking. Yeah. Right. The problem yeah. with Facebook is it's one dimensional. It's yeah. It's it's a post that is dy- non-dynamic. You can't understand yeah. what the person is fully saying. And they did research and they found out that of a hundred people, even the 50 who agree with your position, uh, uh, agree with your position differently, so they still disagree with you. Oh yeah, yeah. Right, but now I, now I hear you laugh, and I understand how you participate in that moment. Versus, yeah. I wonder what Andy thinks. I'll hear from him a day from now in a short thing with an yeah. emoji and what? Right? Yeah. Whenever anyone says to me, like I, I mentioned on an earlier show, when anyone says, do you believe? Like I always say, no, like before they finish the sentence, like they said, do you believe? No. And then they're like, but you don't let me finish. No, no. But you started the sentence in a way that I can never say yes. Do you believe? No. But I learned early on from some of the educators that we worked with the Bill Dieter Jam that, that education is people. It's your relationship. You know, yeah, it's your friendship. You trust the person. And now I'm willing to change. I can change my point of view because I know you well enough. You and I met two months ago. We had a connection. Now we can work together. If we hadn't done that and we were only working on screens in in short spurts, Mm. it's hard to get there. So it's all about the relationship. And teaching will never go away because it's it's talent who's lived it for 30 years Mm. being with you from the place that you are and working with you in relationship to get to the next place, including the student's perspective, right? It's got to account for where you're coming from. And the only way I can get that is being with you. There was, it kind of goes to an interesting topic as well that dovetails with what you're saying is I remember uh, my mentor, uh, who his name was Case and he died some years ago, but he was in this um, in this session where he was coaching a husband and wife. They were arguing 
and they were arguing. And then the guy in the room that was just watching the argument says, he whispers in his ear, he says, Case, ask them to hold each other's hands and continue the conversation. Yeah, perfect. Right. And, and so <laughs> immediately they touch each other's hands and they can't, they can't vilify them anymore. They have to have an intimate talk. Love it. it. At Hope Collaborative, which is our sister nonprofit, we teach leadership to kids living in under-resourced neighborhoods. When you work mm-hmm. with kids, and, mm-hmm. and regardless of where they're from, if, if there's a problem in the meeting and, and kids are acting out, if you jump up and down together, they get back in rhythm. Uh. And you bring them back. So that physical touch, that common organizational principle is incredibly powerful. You can jump up and down on video online. You can't touch each other's hand, but you can, you can metaphorically do that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the quintessential moments when I saw the power of the screen was I work with uh, Sugata Mitra on occasion. I don't know if you know who Sugata Mitra is. He was the one who took the computer screen in India and put it in a slum. And then love to find out about this. It's on TED. He he won the TED Prize, some the first one they ever gave out. But right. basically, he went to a slum and he put a computer screen, yeah. and the kids would teach themselves how to do math and how to read English only by using the screen without even being told anything about it. So, right. and the 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 absurdity was so we go and we create classrooms and we create structures and we do the reading, writing, arithmetic thing. And these other kids who are sitting in a slum barefoot just go to a screen and they're learning at the same levels of those that are even going to the classroom just by letting them to their own devices. They weren't given a course. They were just said, hey, play with your computer and see what comes out of it. We had a kid in the HOPE program. We were working on uh, conflict resolution. And he said right in the middle, he goes, look, I think we've reinvented fight or flight. This kid's in fifth grade. He he said, we've reinvented fight or flight to fight or flight or work it out together. The, 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 The participants in the class create the learning. And that's what's powerful. And your description of, of the, the Jan who won the prize in the, in the slums, I'll, I'll take a look at it because yeah. that's really important. What it means is that we can, Raj Chetty, who's a friend of mine in, in uh, Cambridge and does a lot of work on poverty economics and, and how it works, it's about bringing people together across geography and culture. So we need to do that work. Bring experts into the communities, bring the student learners from the communities to the experts, model and work together because all of the values of leadership (laughs) across those communities, we got to put people in touch. One other idea for you, what, what screens do, unfortunately, is they amplify the negative practice of your minds. So if you've got an ability to learn well and set boundaries and use screens for good and get the work done and then get out, you're, you're, you're able to use online learning and screens well. If you've got tendency toward obsession or uh, lack of focus or all the things that a lot of us fight with, yeah, and it's a mirror of, of how your mind works. And yeah. so, it's, it's actually a, a laboratory for getting better and better at working well and using information. As long as the screen is your servant and you're not servant to the screen. Yeah. Uh, we, we could say that for everything though, right? 
Yeah. I mean, you, yeah. you can you can take a plate of food and look at your issue with the plate of food and, and the quality and how much you're eating, how you're eating. Yeah. That's right. The screen is a representation of the world. So screens have been here forever, right? So the side of barns, farmers used to paint, you know, uh, Virginia hams, $5, stop here. You'd see it. Yeah. The world, if you talk to the, the great researchers at MIT on, on how you perceive the world visually, it's perceived in screens. You see the foreground, the midground, and the background. Filmmakers understand that. You don't see the whole world at the same time or it would drive you crazy. You see it in screens. I'll yeah. take you to a weird place. Ghost hunters will say that the ghost appears, the light appears on a screen, right? Metaphysicians, mystics will tell you that they see the future on a screen. Screens are everywhere, whether you believe that latter part or not. Televisions, barn doors, the cover of a book, screens are everywhere. You're looking at foreground, midground, background, and learning all the time. So, Bambos, to your point, that plate of spaghetti is a message from a screen right in front of you. And it's how you learn to deal with that and work with it and the stimulus of that that makes you a good learner and an effective leader and an effective teacher or not, right? Mm. So, so how, how does that show up in your own life as what is your relationship currently with the screen? Uh, I've worked really hard with the rest of the world to not get sucked in, to moderate it, Right to use it with you guys for an hour and then I don't have to be on live video for a while until my three o'clock that I go online through my, we've got an echo, you know, and I love Amazon too. I started saying nice things about Facebook. We have echo in our kitchen and I asked it about the snowfall tomorrow. It took me a minute and a half. I didn't spend any more time on it. So it's about, you know, in the OCD world, when they when they work on OCD and 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 uh, and uh, cognitive behavioral stuff, they teach kids think of distracting inputs like the guy in the alley when you're walking through the city. Hey, kid, come down the alley. I got something cool to sell you. So you've got to constantly say no to the guy down the alley. You got to learn how to protect yourself. Yeah, manage because otherwise all of this stimulation will just kill you, right? And and when kids are in fifth and sixth grade, some go off the cliff, yeah. bury themselves in their room for 10 hours, and some of them never come back. Those that learn to moderate with their parents can use screens effectively. But per the title, use them all day long. If it's 11 o'clock at night, you know, look at, look at uh, you know, uh, material for tomorrow's, you know, live podcast and, and get it in your head before you go to sleep so you can mill on it. But spend five minutes. Don't spend five hours. Mm. I, I was um, sitting behind my desk today and I saw my inbox really full. And there were tutorials like from different yeah. companies. And it was so overwhelming because in general, what I'll do, I, I'll put them in different folders. And then I never look at them. And then I thought... It's so much information. Like my my like, if it's important, I would have looked at it. Mm. And in a way, uh, I, I 
I inherited this watch from this guy. Nice. And what I do, because I always used to use my phone as a timer, it's yeah. a, it, it, this became an opportunity again to leave the phone at home. Wow. Absolutely. I, and you, I like that. you've gone the other direction and simplified something, which is fantastic. I, I have to say with, I, I, I understand the angle you're coming from, but, I, but in my experience, I just find screen time a way to disconnect from the world. And I know it's not black and white. I know that there should be a balance of both. Mm. But just in my life, when I leave home and I take a walk in the park, I actually see more people nowadays going for walks in the park, working in circles. And it feels like a, like like one of those prison movies. Yeah, they're out there in prison. They're doing their their lap in the prison yard because of COVID. Everyone's home, so the park is really the excuse to do laps. <laughs> no, and I you know I read about couples that have phones and you know screens in their bedroom. I mean, you got to create boundaries and and decide when and where and be able to totally disconnect. The research also says. Everyone needs to take one full 24-hour day off from their work every weekend. Yes. One full 24-hour. Don't, <clears throat> don't return an email. Don't go online. Don't look at a document. Don't do any of it so that you can reset. If you didn't reset your computer, it would blow up. I mean, if you don't clean yeah. it out or, you know, get rid of emails or, you know, it, it overwhelms the computer. It's the same way with your ability to moderate the world. Yeah. By the way, incredible statistic a year ago. They said in five years, the input that Bambos is talking about in his inbox, and your yeah. inbox is defined LinkedIn, and you got 10 inboxes now, is going to be 100 times what it is now. Wow. So, oh, my gosh. You know, and, you know, there, there's, the, there's a great kind of psychology moment in research where they – the way to drive animals crazy, right, and make them obsessive is when they give the pigeon food regularly, Okay, everything's fine. The pigeon doesn't go crazy. But if you give it intermittently so it doesn't know when it's coming, it gets obsessive and it'll stare at the little chute where the food comes in. Yeah. Right. I've got the same thing in my backyard. There's these blackbirds, <laughs> and we've been doing really good with the apples. But now there's no apples. They sit at my window, and they look right. inside like, Andy, what's going on here? Right. You're, you're reneging I did, I on your – No, you did that. Yeah, half an apple a day. <laughs> so, Andy, you got to put up a sign that says, hey, bird, here's the <laughs> apple schedule, right? Yes. And there's exactly. the food, and now they're good. So, But, but reversing that, you've got to fight – the world's desire yeah. to drive you crazy as the pigeon. Yeah. I mean, and they manipulate because everyone knows right. at the meantime how to create the oxytocin and how to get you in the, you know, all of the damn, you know, reactions that keep you hooked. I mean, I, I even wanted to delete WhatsApp, but, but I realized my family said, you don't know how difficult it was for our mother to get onto WhatsApp and now you want to change to Telegram and Signal. <laughs> yeah. It's like... It's going to be a whole new coaching session. <laughs> yeah, mom is not going to invite you for the birthday party. You got to go back on WhatsApp. I um I have uh, interesting uh, segue a little bit. I yeah. got I got VR goggles a few months back. Okay, I've never done it. Talk I, about. It. I filmed him playing Star Wars. Um, and I got to tell you, when I put those things on, 
it revolutionized what I saw as possible. Like there was a before a VR experience and after a VR experience. <clears throat> and and what, what was different? So the difference was, was that, you know, the technology has been evolving and, it, and, it, and it's gotten to the point where you have the goggles, the goggles map the room you're in. So you don't need reference points and you're, oh. you're the immersive experience where you're having a hard time not believing that you're in the place you are is uh, is is at such a level where you, you I would say you um, you surrender to another reality. So when I put them on, I did a tour of the Notre Dame Cathedral because they had a documentary of how they how they rebuilt the cathedral after it burned down. So now they went into the cathedral a week after the embers are still feeling like they're burning. And you're in this high definition, looking around, walking in the space you're in. And you feel like you feel a little bit dirty. Because right. almost like I'm not supposed to be here. This is right. this is like a place that's just burned down. You can't. But it was that feeling like a little kid I had when I'd go. Yeah. You know, I used to sneak on the Universal Studios lot where they'd film Psycho, and the, it was the same sort of feeling. Like, oh, I'm sneaking into this little space that I'm now I'm accessing, and that that the reality. And what was freaky for me, I love is, that, is that after I took the goggles off. I had a hard time not like I had to remind myself that I'd never been there because well, like, like, that's how real it felt. Yeah. And think about it. It brought you into the the tragedy, the emotions of losing that building, of of what it's like to be in a building that's burned. Amazing. The 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 one question I would ask you is yeah. they teach you how to get out. Right. They, they, in other words, if if when you were a teenager and you went to New York city for the first time, let's say you went on a school trip, a big part of learning how to be in New York city is how to connect with your cohort, how to get out, how to talk to a cop. If something goes wrong, yeah. you can enjoy the beauty of the city. You can take long walks. You can do the museums, but what happens if something goes wrong? And by the way, how do you get back? You got to be able to get back to where you live, right? I've got a plane ticket. I, I know how to get to the airport and I can get back to where I live. So it's about, it's about the definition of in and out and how to use those experiences without getting lost in those experiences yeah. because they have a magic about them and they're timeless. The other part of the research is that you, you lose a sense of time when you're online doing that stuff. It's 11 at night. Now it's midnight. Now it's 1230. Yeah. You know, so put a timer on, uh, you know, uh, Bambus's watch. You got to put a timer on and it beeps in 30 minutes. And now I'm out. Yeah, I'm I, have, I have a timer every two hours on my mobile. OK, What's where, that? I ha- where I have to stop doing what I'm doing and yeah. do like 30 push ups. Yeah. And, and, then okay. it's, and then it's like a reset. Like, OK, now what I was doing, was it important? <laughs> I like that. 30 push ups. Yeah. I might bring that into my life as well. That's Good not luck. a bad thing. By the way, I saw another, just to reference another documentary where Deepak Chopra's son did a documentary about, uh, it was uh, dissecting Deepak or something. Almost feels like he's trying to humiliate his dad. So when you watch a documentary, he's really like, like, let me expose my dad so that he doesn't look as good because he's been projected on so much. Let me like show you what's under the hood. And part of the thing he criticized his dad for in this documentary was his incessant 
uh, screen time on the on the phone. And I'd always, love to watch this. And, and so it was really a beautiful. I mean, I thought it was beautiful on a lot of levels because obviously Deepak lets his son do this, right? Exposing yeah. behind the scenes, but also that the son, you know, was uh, was 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 really focusing on on the areas where people don't know that although someone may appear to have this great enlightened state, they also could have an addiction to phones or uh, uh, to media. For I could instance. do the same with you. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he's right up there at the high conscious state of Deepak. So, uh. so l- let me share another idea with you. There was a, a a book when I was young. I was learning how to play tennis called The Inner Game of Tennis, and it was it was the sports book. And the book basically said, get out of your mind, get out of your rational approach, and absorb the visual modeling power of the great tennis players. Watch Arthur Ashe play tennis. Watch. Billie Jean King played tennis and absorb through the image how they do it, the energy of how they do it, right? So the the secret to good society and building leadership and great civilization is for us to have great models with us all the time. Mm. How did Nelson Mandela speak? How did Martin Luther King speak? I wrote a book on the great leaders of the last hundred years quick, quick uh, punch in called a leader becomes the leader inspirational stories for a new generation on Amazon. And, <laughs> and, you know, we looked at him and said, what was it about Martin Luther King? It was the baritone of his voice, how he stood, how he looked, how he, how he interacted with an audience. You can learn that by spending time with his visual image. There's an Eastern concept that the saints and the gurus have the energy. It's the energy they give you. And it's absorbing the energy of Arthur Ashe and how he plays tennis. So Leader Jam is looking to create a community of fantastic presences. The, the, Mm. The opportunity here with screen time and virtual is spend the day with the people that you've always admired. And different than YouTube and all the other canned stuff that's been around, Leader Jam is saying, no, we got to be live. You got to be in the classroom with Martin Luther King with you, looking at how you stand and talking to you about the presentation so that you can become better, more Martin Luther mm. like inside of yourself. And if your day, you know, what a dream that you can spend the week doing that and also going to the Notre Dame. I've been yeah. worried about Notre Dame since the fire, you know, and fantastic mm-hmm. to go there today, be in the architecture and see what they've been able to accomplish. What they have I want to go. I want to hold on to that point because there is a really beautiful point here that one that I've I've kind of adopted in my own life is that, uh, you know, Bambus and I have a show on Sunday. Yeah. And the guy said, what do you want the show to be? And he said, we're going to call it a wonderful chaos. I said, no one's going to show up to that show. Like, I mean, just because I'll come on Monday. (laughs) And what I said to him was actually make the show title, be the change you want to see. Nice. Right. And what I've been seeing in in my life, especially is like, um, I I'm sick of giving people and spoon feeding them the five things they need to do to be successful. I far more want to be an example of the thing that if they sort of feel into it, they'd see where it's true for them. And then they can emulate that as, as I, and, and, and as I spoke about this out loud to others, they would say, Andy, 
actually, it's no different than how the Buddhist will teach because there is not, and they explained it to me, and I'm not a, a proficient in all of this, but they said, you know, you spend time around the your the person who is your, you know, they don't use senpai and kohai like they would in Japan, but the person who is above you, and by right. being around them, you begin to absorb a way of being, and through that absorption, it becomes embodied and you do the same thing. And you can do that for anything. If you look inside your life on February 18th and say, I'm not very good at that. Boy, there are people around me who are great negotiators. I don't do it very well. Watch them, absorb them, be with them. And you by osmosis, children learn through visual modeling. 90% of learning from the time you're zero to six is you're, you're modeling after your parents, the people at school, blind kids. And my wife was uh, very involved with the Perkins school for many years in, in Boston. Blind kids have a horrible time because they, they can't visually learn that there's no, there's not that feedback. So they have to learn through completely different modalities that, that uh, you know, uh, mm. Greats have, have developed over time for them to learn. Um, but we have the ability, and, and blind kids audio-wise, can listen to Nelson Mandela, can listen to – it's the basis of AA, right? When you go to yeah. AA, they connect you to a, a mentor, whatever they call it, who your sponsor, who is, uh, is, is your guy or gal. And the point is that they've walked the walk, and now you're walking – in their energy you're walking yeah. experience i kind of like this as well because even when i think about you and my relationship you know when when i work with somebody as a coach or a mentor basically for the first three to six months i'll give them answers to i would suggest you deal with it this way i would suggest you deal with it this way and then in time, I'd say, okay, now you don't get my suggestion anymore. You tell me what you think I would do, and then I'll tell you where it might be different than how you're doing it. And in general, what I see happen is they say, oh, I turn on the Andy in my head, and I know that vibration of what that feels like to be in that mind space, and I work from there. You've said so much. Stop on that, because we have partners at the Clay Center uh, – for young, healthy minds at Mass General Hospital that we do you work with with youth. And they taught me early that your neurology actually changes. So when you work in the vibration of Bambos's rhythm or how he tells a joke, or and, and you tell me how he tells a joke, and, and, and how he approaches or what works and doesn't, your neurology is actually changing as you create a new habit. Mm-hmm. So think about this future big idea. The point is create a roadmap of neurology of the higher being human being and share it so that, I mean, the thought is that, you know, and I've been to India for 25 years and I've spent time with some of the great masters uh, traveling, traveling all over India uh, on philanthropic work. And the, the meta human being has a, an energy the, the brain is an energy center. It's not a thinking center. It has thinking capacity. It has linear output, but it's much, much bigger than that. It's an energy center. Really cool point in between. MIT has a new device, and this is going to weird you out, that can read your thoughts. You can think into your Word document. 
at MIT, it's happening right now. It pulls the idea and articulates it in a document, okay? The higher piece above that is the energy of the brain. Yeah. How does the energy function vibrate? You said in your description that that you're vibrating with bambos as you're doing that. There's a yeah. there's an orb of energy that you're articulating and using. Mm-hmm. The new age, the new human being in 30 years, and we've already seen a new human being after the last 30 with the internet, mm-hmm. respond to energy, communicate through energy, use energy. And it's, it's, it's the energy that creates the neurology of the new patterns. Yeah that hopefully will allow addicts to quickly move forward. You know, you spend 30, 40 years fighting this thing because the neurological pathways have been so deeply embedded. Yeah. And, and Gene at the at Mass General just wrote one last idea. That's like skiing. When you ski down a new path of the mountain, the first guy creates the path and everyone else follows, and now it's a deeper path. Then yeah. everyone goes on the same path, the same as your brain. Creating the new pass is what's hard. You do it through energy at the highest level. You do it through thinking at the next level down, and behavior is also there. All three of those matter. You know, I was, uh, you know, we talked about a few years ago. I decided to give a course over fifteen months, and the course I refused to give it a name. I refused to tell anyone what they'd learn. I said, "You come, and if you come, that's great. And if you don't, it's even better. So don't." And and you know, and 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 it was really interesting because if I if I look back at it now, having heard what you said, what I was really inviting them to do was. Was and and I, and I didn't want to say my energy because then I'm projecting into me and I'm forcing them then to think that I'm someone special, which is not right. what I want. But I want to say we're going to be together and share a, a way of being and let that way of being inform you of how you want to live going forward. And and when you move away from it, anyone in the group should be able to in time help support you to see what it feels like to move back into that way of being in the world. That's right. And to give yourself credit, you have great energy. That's why this show is successful. You both, you bring in energy. You know, I, I noticed it in the first minute you and I were together. And, and that energy is earned. It's not... You know, Jack Kennedy was charismatic. You know, he glowed around the planet. There was something about him. That's not, I would believe from my own philosophy that it's developed over lifetimes, but it's a, it's an energy that connects and it's about developing and sharing that energy alongside the learning and the experience component as well. Hmm. By the way, way, real quick, I hate having agendas for meetings. I never have agendas for business meetings because when you develop the agenda on Sunday and share it by Thursday, all the issues have changed. Even if you develop it Wednesday night, Thursday morning, everyone needs to do something else. You've got to, you've got to work in the present energy. What's happening right now. Right. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Like there's so much that has been said that I'm still catching up. (laughs) Um, the point that i really loved which resonated for me also was in a way surrounding yourself with these virtual entities who inspire you because in a way you are who you surround yourself with but in some ways we're saying better at least in my life when i started my business uh 
2014, I surrounded myself with different podcasters and YouTubers right. who yeah. were inspiring me to, right. but but I didn't have any friends, any physical friends, except right. for him. I've had that problem, but yeah. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> when, I, when I wrote the book, Leadership for a New Generation, we, we featured 70 of the great leaders of the last 100 years. I, I put Mandela up for two weeks. I'd spend two weeks with his video, with his writing. Oh. And I asked him, show me who you are. What, what do you want to tell the world about yourself that you haven't already? And, and I communed with him, you know, uh, and, and this, this is a practice. This is a process. You know, it's a very, very important part. And he, who you put on that wall and spend the week with is who you become. That's your family. Yeah. So the other part of working with kids in trouble or adults in trouble they got to leave the neighborhood. They got to leave the group. You got to put new images on the wall. You got to redefine family. You got to redefine the group because otherwise you're being sucked back into the negative models, right? Yeah, that's what we talked about the show sometimes. Like working with Andy and, and spending a lot of time with him, actually, the, the, the one thing that, I, that I've learned to be a bit more aware of also when being with these different entities is under what context – was it uh, true, the thing that they're sharing? So not to take it as an absolute and implement in everything that I do, but to try to see, okay, they're saying this, under what context is it true? Because sometimes people will make really strong statements. Absolutely. And any of those guys on the internet that say, I'm a success and I'm going to teach you how to be a success. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. What's the context? Uh, What what are you really trying to do? I'd like to share going back to what you just said a moment ago. I said when I was first going out with my my now wife, yeah. um, she would have several pockets of friends. And some of those pockets of friends, when she'd go to out with, they'd be single women that were dissatisfied, hoping that she would at some point be single again, trying to like put some right. kind of wedge between us. Tell her to avoid that group. I said, I don't want you seeing that group anymore because yeah. every time she came back, I had to listen right. to some nonsense. And I'm like, so unhappy people that want to create more unhappy people. Like, do you feel how unhappy you are when you come back from that group? And it was really funny because now she's so aware of that subtle energy that she can go back into the groups as she's more more embodied but yeah. she's very aware of oh wow they're trying to suck me into this thing now right totally. and groups and people in relationship they they cause problems all day long they get together and they they cause the problem they talk in this negative way about the world and how negative it is. And they spend a half an hour setting up the world as this giant problem. And then they pretend they're going to solve it, but they're still in the mindset of the problem. Mm. You know, I think it was Einstein or one of the greats who said, you can't solve the problem at the level the problem was created. Yeah. And said that. Andy originally said I didn't that. say that. I keep saying <laughs> Einstein said it. He was pointing at you. He, he quotes that all the time. A he, problem can't be solved in the context in which it's been created. Embedded. I have no idea if he said it, but I repeat it often. Well, we're going to say it again and again, huh. that it's embedded in the history. But so it, it's all about when you work with people on a problem, it's how you talk about it. It's how you approach it. I had a friend whose boss let somebody go and she was a very talented lady, but there was no fit. And she convinced the gal that it really was best for her to go to another place and how this was going to be great. And the conversation went great. She went off and had a successful next step in her career. So, you know, so much is about 
ideation and, and energy and sharing it. So at Leader Jam, we, we bring talent after talent after talent after talent to the fore in a way that they can share where they've been. And I, I've been on, you know, part of our work to just get into the nitty gritty is we get on calls with these great talents for a half hour, 45 minutes auditioning each other and then, and then working. And it's incredible what people have worked on. There's a gal out in, out in uh, Fiji islands, Canary islands, who's done great work on collaborative tools and how to, you know, work with groups and, and mm -hmm. make collaboration happen. And I said to her, if there's one solution to the world's problems, that's it. Let's get this technology of how to collaborate into every lap around the world. We got to teach it yeah. in kindergarten and sixth grade and 10th grade and on Facebook. And so that when people are riling up, they have a method because there are people who live peacefully on the planet. They yeah. know how to work through it and they don't get in fights. You know, there's a way not to get in a fight. If you model after somebody who understands nonviolence and peaceable exchange, you know, if you look at a guy who's furious with you in traffic and wants yeah. to, you know, get out the tire iron and you say to him, hey, I'm really sorry you're upset. It doesn't matter why he's upset. He's obviously upset. If yeah. you say to him, I'm really sorry you're upset, you instantly neutralize the moment that's a technology yeah and you don't get into a fist fight where you lose a tooth and everyone gets in trouble and down the road by acknowledging his humanity and saying i'm sorry you're really bummed out and let's I, talk about it i didn't mean to hurt you you know i want to take a step back in this yeah. conversation yeah. you did like you slipped in a name as if it wasn't all that important Please. so i want to say so you you were in contact with nelson mandela for the for, for the book you wrote is that did i understand correctly or did i interpret that no uh let me be clear i i, I was in touch with him through video i i had my garret where i was writing and i put his video up on the wall and i put oh, okay pictures of his family around me and his writings everywhere. I lived yeah. inside of his brain and his energy Yeah, a couple of weeks. And I would do that with every one of these greats. And I, I believe they talked to me. They spoke, they helped me find the, you know, I found this amazing piece on Albert Schweitzer and a, in a uh, Vincent Peel. I think he knew Peel and Peel wrote about him in this primary source. No one else had found it. I, somehow I found it the quote, I used it in the book. And I, it was through the context of his, of his thinking that I found this very specific new thing. Yeah. I think what I've noticed uh, in those quality of those individuals you're speaking uh, yeah. about is that there, there's a, you know, when we, my definition of vision is a future reality being lived ahead of its completion. And, and, and what, what right. I feel like, okay is that what you're seeing is you're seeing the embodiment of a person living in alternate reality, which, right. which everyone is, they, they can, they can sense it, but it's not their reality yet. And the fact that someone is living it already acts as an inspiration to those who haven't yet got the strength to do it for themselves. You said it, man, write a book. So <laughs> third book, Andy. that's the new age. The, the new age, yeah. the golden age is people living in a future version of today's reality with higher consciousness yeah. neurological that sets up knows the technology of saying to the guy who's angry in the car and they're visiting us from the future said differently some of us are living in the deep past 
including people who are living in the Middle Ages. There's Middle Ages thinking neurology patterns that are happening all over the world. Sure. Please get rid of them and evolve out of them because they don't work and they don't help. Um, yeah. Let me show you a quick screen. I, I happen to Please. bring this, this is a, a screen, Hard Rock Cafe. I was on the phone with Isaac Tigrid, who's the founder and a, de a dear friend of mine who also created the House of Blues. And I was thinking coming to this meeting, there's a screen. This is a coffee cup. Mm. Right? Now, inside, you can't see it. It says, love all, serve all. Yeah. The famous, that was the famous tagline they used. Tagline, yeah. right? Well, love all, serve all, man. If you love all, serve all, you're living in the new reality and everything lines up. Everything. Yeah. Nice. By the way, speaking of love all, serve all, we have from South Africa, Bolalong. And he's basically with us every single journey, he's sort of the third person on the, on the couch with us. And he goes back to us talking about screen time. And he, and he really wants to make the point that if not for screen time, he wouldn't be connected to Bambos and us and the chain effect of that connection with the show. And, uh, and, and, and of course, he, re he was really generous reading both the books that I wrote and, and supporting me in, in, a, in a lot of beautiful ways. So it, it is very true that that screen created possibilities because now Bolalong is like a dear friend, although we've never met physically. It's, uh, you know, it's just Bolalong. If he's not there, the show just doesn't feel the same. And how beautiful. I, I don't know him, what you can feel the love in his in, image and, and in, his, yeah. in the rhythm of his words. You know, he's, say, he's saying gratitude. I would have not connected to Bombos unless. That's, he leads with gratitude. Don't send emails where you lead with, why did you do this? What the hell's going on? Yeah. What's nice is I'm our relationship, we play and tease, but there's a lot of mentoring that goes on, um, you know. And what, what I find nice is I hear you describe this type of idealized mentoring. I, I see it very much connected to how I've been interacting with Bombos throughout the years. Yeah. And, um, and I even see, you know, and, and it's funny because as he does things, uh, he's, in a, he's really patient with me sometimes because he might shortcut and say what he did. And I'll say, no, Bambos, you, uh, you know, I would have preferred to you to have done it this way. And he says, oh, I did do it that way. I just didn't say, share it that way because I wanted to save time. You know, so <laughs> and, and so there, there's just a beautiful recognition that, yeah. That's deep abiding love. That's love. We're, we're all one and we're all separate. What they don't say in the East is we're also all separate. Yeah. They know it. They teach it. We're all one and we're all separate. We need to, we need to manage both. Well, we need yeah. to manage both at the same time. Um, and before I see you guys next, I'm going to get a vaccine and a COVID haircut. So. Yeah. Well, I can tell you um, my hair is the longest it's ever been. And it still looks like uh, like horrible as far as I'm concerned. I am letting my beard grow. I told Ronnie that I was going to let my beard grow. She said, please don't. I, I, trimmed, I trimmed my beard three weeks ago. I Did looked you? like a caveman. Oh, I was say, that's from Bambos. You've been modeling <laughs> Bambos. I have to go just to, we, we've come to our hour, yeah. but I wanted to like say some, like when I, we, we spoke about Leader Jam uh, when we originally had our talk a few months back. But now when I hear, and, and you mentioned it then, but I, I guess I'm feeling more into how I live and how I work. And I realize that I've, I've often said I'm not interested in course content because on a weird level, what am I doing? I'm taking the principles that I've learned that I live with. 
I've distilled them and then I put them in the world, but I don't have any, any interaction with you about how you apply them. And there's, and you could take what I say in the wrong context and you've made. And it's about my love for you and respect and trust that I change. And it's about the same thing in reverse. And by the way, the student often teaches the teacher. So it's, it's all of that interaction and then you change. That's what helps you change. That I love the I love the philosophy that you brought into it, and I don't think it has been, uh, as far as from my marketing eyes, uh, elaborated in a way that I could understand it the way that you've explained it to me. So I'd love to have another look at it and send you back some comments of things that would resonate more with with how I, w- you know, from my own experience of this. Yeah, I'd love to have that next conversation, and I, I've learned so much from you guys. I I think your format and wonderful chaos is. Wonderfully chaotic. So keep going. <laughs> yes, that it is. <laughs> so thank you. It was really great being with you. And I look forward to following up and having a talk just about the uh, leader gem and how I might even be using it in the future. Yeah, I'd love to talk to you there offline and, and uh, see you the next time. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Thank, thank you. you. <sighs> that was fun. It was interesting because... Uh, you know, I, I find that all roads often lead to the same endpoint, and and I've often discussed vibration and s- working with people, and you know, it's more important for me to share time than it is to, to say what we're going to learn and how you're going to learn it in linear in a linear fashion. Yeah. And I I also notice it's it's harder to so sell that as if there was sales required because in some ways, once as I told you, once there's an expectation it gets less interesting because now the person isn't present with me. They're always thinking, when am I going to get to that part of the curriculum? Yeah. And then I'm like, now I'm beholden to deliver you the thing that you think you need. And we're not present with what's really going on in the moment. Hmm. Um, and, and I, and I think it's beautiful. I mean, I, after having this discussion, I kind of can imagine doing another 15 month course, maybe not in that shape and form, but like, yeah. Embracing what it really is, is just time together. Yeah. Yeah. So, guys, have a beautiful evening, and we'll see you tomorrow on A Wonderful Chaos. It's a wonderful chaos. We like it down.